Hi, and welcome to At Geek Off Podcast, or Geek Off Podcast, however you want to, or At Geek Off Podcast on Twitter. I am Lan, and you can find me at Lady Twitter. And I'm Greg, and you can find me at Rackham Greg. And um, for those of you who don't know, you might remember me from another podcast. Um, Greg and I are a married couple (laughs) Um, who happen to like a lot of geek nerd culture things, but we also share interests in other areas and we also disagree too. So um, we kind of thought we would bring this all together for you in a form we could discuss stuff with. Um, and also encourage your participation, your thoughts, um, hence the title Geek Off. So Greg can explain that part to you. Sure, whether you're Team Iron Man or Team Cap, uh, we have our discussions and, and uh, differencing opinions on various geek items, geek news items. And then we ask you to uh, vote as to who you think was the biggest geek uh during the discussion so what we'll do is we'll uh come up with a topic we'll post it on our twitter page uh you guys can post up questions we will pick one question and then we'll have a geek off and you guys can vote as to who you thought won the geek off of that show and we should mention other than me being team cap and him probably being Team Iron Man, um, that we're not going to do any research about these questions beforehand. This is going to be stuff we try to pull off from the top of our heads, from our already current knowledge. Um, so we're going to do our best to to rely strictly on that. So no YouTube, no Twitter, no Google. Unless it's something we have absolutely no in which case then both of us will do sort of the cursory research. Doesn't and then we'd both not be geeks, right? Because we <laughs> that's <wouldn't>. true. That's <laughs> true. Anyway, yeah. um, as our podcast grows with your help, um, we would also like to bring you guests and include them in part of this geek off type challenge. Um, and we'll introduce hashtags and stuff as we go along. So, um, we'd love for you to give feedback and questions, and we encourage you to ask us whatever comes to mind. Um, and we'll do the best to bring it to you. So, news items. Yeah, current news, some really, really quick, like, um, as of this time we're recording, um, you know, the first thing that kind of came up for me was Jeff John's news. Just, I, I guess it's probably been in the works for a while, but it's just been announced to us. Um, will now be president and chief creative officer of DC Entertainment. Now, he was already of DC Comics, but this is DC Entertainment. So this is huge news for him i'm i'm so happy for him um and happy for dc i i think this was a good move i agree i think this is their method of uh choosing a kevin feige like we see for marvel uh uh, jeff johns has the history he has the knowledge he has the comic chops uh he's going to pull dc entertainment uh pull all together into one uh unified uh superpower Right. And I think we saw this um, coming off Batman v Superman, Um, you know, when they pulled him into, as you were saying, the new Batman movie with Ben Affleck that he's helping to write this and giving him a a bigger say in a bigger picture, which um, I think is is really good. Like you said, he's already been in these roles for DC Comics. He's already been such a huge part um, that he brings a lot of experience and hopefully relevant new culture. 
Yeah, I agree. I think I, I like I said, uh, like we were talking about earlier. I'm wondering if his involvement with the co-writing of the script for the new Batman standalone movie with Ben Affleck. I wonder if that is a reflection on the work and their impression of the work that he's going to be putting out for that movie. I'm excited for the movie myself. Uh, and that's a f- topic of a future podcast between us because we have different opinions mm-hmm. on Ben Affleck as a uh, Batman. Right. Right. <laughs> However, <laughs> having said that, um, you know, we might have similar opinions about justice league and wonder woman. So that's regardless of big news, congrats to him. Uh, yeah. way to go. Yeah. Another news item we had in, uh, announced just recently is, um, Matt Ryan, the act British actor who was in Constantine. Uh, you may have remembered him from, uh, the green arrow universe. Uh, Fox had a Constantine show, but then it got canceled after the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was fantastic in it. We, you and I both watched it, loved it. But it did have some issues with sc- the script and and uh, the theme and style. But they got the flavor of John Constantine, Hellblazer, down pat. Right. He was a really great choice to play Constantine. Um, he had the right temperament, the right expressions, the right general aura and energy. Um, I know we both tried to watch the show. I found it a little on the campy, too young side for me. Something was just not clicking, although the character was very strong. Um, and I know I was extremely thrilled to see him pulled into the CW network um, in that role. And he did a phenomenal job um, being brought over on Arrow. And fans of Matt Ryan's John Constantine can rejoice because now uh, Matt Ryan is reprising his role as John Constantine in a new animated feature uh, centering around Justice League Dark. Which is pretty spectacular. So, you know, maybe maybe you're not an animated fan, but you know what? I think Matt Ryan has so much charisma that that's going to shine through in this character in this animation. So, you know, maybe it'll open that window. I know personally, I don't watch a lot of animation. You do. But having his name behind it, I'd be more tempted to look. And Justice League Dark is right up his alley. In the new 52, he was the head or leader, if you will, of the Justice League Dark. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know what Justice League Dark is, it's essentially the mystical, magical version of the Justice League. So you've got John Constantine, Hellblazer. You've got Zantana, which is one of my personal favorites. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And then you also have Enchantress, which we're going to be talking about with the Suicide Squad. Right. And do you know when this is airing or who it's airing with? Uh, no, they haven't announced that yet. They're still working on it. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. that's some stuff to look forward to. So, and I, I know we just came out of San Diego Comic Con too. Um, and there's so much we're going to talk about in the future. So bear with us. We're going to get there. But right now, I think what I'm so stoked and excited for, oh my gosh. Um, and I wasn't. In all fairness, when I first heard this, I was not too excited. But Suicide Squad. <laughs> Um, comes out August 5th. We've got our tickets for August 4th. I went ahead and pre-bought because that's how changed I was by the trailers I've seen and the stuff I've seen coming out of Suicide Squad. So, Yeah, the trailers are top-notch. They're a master class in how to cut a proper trailer Mm -hmm. down to the the music, to the editing, to the humor in them. Uh, It was so refreshing after the dark and gloomy Batman v Superman you had Suicide Squad. 
absolutely just creating such chaos, which is appropriate considering the, the synopsis of the movie. So if you don't know, if you live under a rock and you haven't heard about Suicide Squad, uh, it's a... Uh, basically, what it is is Argus is a secret government agency run by Amanda Waller, uh, and she creates a task force of supervillains uh, that were uh, confined in Bel Rev, and uh, they they they're called the Suicide Squad. They call it Task Force Task Force X, um, but I like that the fact that they went with the more edgier name of the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this version is written by David Ayer and John Ostrander, and it's also directed by David, um, who's had a particularly big voice out there in social media talking about the film. And just before we move on with the trailers, you're right, they're brilliant, but I think what blew me away that they did that was extra special for people who aren't Suicide Squad fans or aren't DC fans is they put out the mini trailers for each character. And to me, that was just phenomenal. And I watched every single one of them and felt that instantly I knew everybody just a little bit better, which I think is helpful if you're not coming from a background of this. You know, I know for me, when I saw Batman v Superman, if you didn't know some of the inside stuff, you might have felt a little lost. I think by doing this in their mini trailers, they're giving us a good look at who all these people are that is going to make the movie. Um, And that's huge. Yeah, I think I think this is actually going to be, uh, if you don't mind the comparison, I think a lot of people are saying that this is going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy of the DC Cinematic Universe. Um, in terms of the comics, uh, I've read a lot of DC comics. Suicide Squad wasn't one that I had read, so I had some base familiarity with the characters, primarily uh, the big ones like Joker, Harley Quinn, uh, Killer Croc, uh, and Captain Boomerang. Um, I didn't know Deadshot a whole lot. Um, but they were kind of the B-list uh, villains combined with the A-list of Joker. Um, so I think this one's going to be sort of out of left field. I think a lot of people are pumped because of all of the media. But I think it's going to be the the surprise win. Yeah, I, I agree. And I really hope it is their Guardians of the Galaxy because I do think DC is due for this. You know, I know people take sides, Marvel, DC. I'm grateful for both of them. And I would like to see DC have a home run hit um, that resonates with not only new audiences, but maybe older ones like myself. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's talk about it, though. What are we most excited for and what are we not? Uh, I think everyone on the tip of everyone's minds is Jared Leto's Joker. Excited for or not? Excited for. I think a lot of people have been sold by the trailers. They haven't shown too much, although I know that they're doubling down on the on the mini trailers and the and the footage and whatnot. Um, But I think uh, everyone is wanting to see what the Joker is going to be like. Well, and especially if you read these crazy articles of how he is a method actor and the things he sort of did to get into the character. You know, I'll be honest, I remember when I saw they released the first look of him and I was like, oh, no, what have they done? But then for me, when you hear that Joker laugh in the trailer that (gasps) I just it's like I'm transported to a completely different place. And I suddenly really believe I have a Joker that I might be able to believe in. Um, You know, there's been a lot of great actors doing the Joker, but I think for this format, he's going to fit well. I think so, too. I think the the Joker historically has always been sort of a 
a comical character. He's kind of doing that vaudeville thing. Uh, and then when The Killing Joke came out, he kind of took it up a notch and became more of a gangster style. And uh, that's where I think they're really doubling down on Jared Leto's version of the Joker is he's going to be a gangster. He's going to be uh, unstable, crazy. And I'm so looking forward to it. Okay. And that, that kind of leads into something I'm not as excited for or I'm worried about, but I, I am with you. I really, I, I believe he's going to pull it off. My concern is going to be, which I'll talk about later is how much he's going to be in there. So, um, one of the things I'm really excited for is this amazing cast of women and their big role um, in the show. You know, I to see so many powerful women characters with great lines, and this is just based on the trailer, um, you know, and to have that presence with um, Viola Davis and uh, Cara Delevingne and Margot Robbie. Um, and I keep forgetting the girl who played Katana. <laughs> Karen Fukuhara. Thank you. Um, you know, just a massive amount of women in what I believe are going to be powerful roles. So, you yeah. know, I have a Viola Davis quote about Amanda Waller. And, you know, I, I just, I think it speaks. Now, I don't know much about Amanda Waller in the comics, um, but she's no nonsense. So she said she is a powerful black woman, hard and ready to pick up a gun and shoot anyone at will. So to have this presence and these strong characters to me, it, it's exciting. Enchantress is exciting because, you know, on one hand, you have Enchantress, who is this um, witch for better luck you know, of, of what it is. I, I think they just call her a witch. Um, but knowing that she was also this heroic person when she's not enchanted, she is June. Um, you know, so she, she can be a heroine and mm -hmm. that, that excites me. It excites me to see this happening. It excites me for the girls, the women, um, who are watching it and and I hope it draws some attention to to further the characters and movements in the comic industry for for women characters so that's one of my excitements I, I agree they they managed to luck out in terms of timing because they got several stars sort of on the skyrocket to stardom Margot Robbie is already almost there uh, she was in quite a few movies uh, the last one was with uh, Will Smith too as well and then she's also in a, cu a couple of other movies upcoming very busy um, so the fact that she's going to be in Suicide Squad it, it won't be fair to say it's her breakout role but I think it's going to skyrocket her into the stratosphere of stardom and then the same with Cara Delevingne we've there's a ton of movies with Cara Delevingne coming out uh, and so she's equally as busy and I think people are going to remember her performance in this movie too as well. And then Karen Fukuhara who plays Katana. Now Katana is uh, not necessarily a villain. She's a misunderstood hero. Uh, so I hope they kind of identify that. I, I don't think she's actually going to be a Suicide Squad member. I think she's going to be pulled in on assistance for Rick Flagg who is the Argus uh, commander. Uh, so I think, yeah, I don't think she's going to have 
I've actually done research on this. So um, ah. Katana is actually Rick Flagg's bodyguard from what I've understood from sort of what I looked at. So she mm. is definitely not part of the Suicide Squad. So people who are worried that she was going to be this kind of anti-hero, no, she strongly stands with Rick Flagg um, in, in his, and he is Amanda Waller's, I don't want to call him a lap dog, but <laughs> she gives <laughs> orders, he does it. And um, he doesn't always see eye to eye with her. So the Suicide Squad to him is not necessarily the best idea. So I imagine Katana is going to come in with a little bit of that because that's who she's protecting. And I, I hope and pray that they give her some substance to her character to work mm-hmm. with. Because Katana is, uh, Katana's got actually a really tragic hist- backstory uh, with her husband passing away and then her husband's soul uh, getting absorbed into the mystical sword that she carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope that they give her some of that backstory in the movie so that we can see her really, really f- fully fleshed out. Because that is that is a concern of mine in, in Suicide Squad. Well, and I wonder that too. I wonder how much time they're going to have to give to origin stories because we know Diablo doesn't join Suicide Squad because he's a bad person. He actually wants redemption. His character is hoping and prays to God every day that he'll be forgiven for his sins, right? So everybody, uh, Deadshot comes in because he wants to reduce his life sentence. Now, if they keep it to the comics, right, because he's got a... I want to say adopted daughter or some family member that he wants to see quicker. So I'm yeah. not sure if they'll be able to touch on too much origin story or if they're just going to go with the, the Argus and just like, bam, you're into it. I think they're going to have some backstory for some of the bigger characters. I think it's without goes without saying that Will Smith is going to have a backstory. I think they did confirm that he does have a, a cause I think we saw, we saw some glimpses of it in a trailer where he's actually out and kept in, public and he's spending time with his family so we might get a little bit of backstory there um i actually think uh you mentioned uh, el diablo i think jay hernandez i think he's going to be one of the breakout stars for mm-hmm. suicide squad i think they've been kind of underplaying him a little bit they've been showing his fire ability he can he can summon up fires he uh and then but I think he's going to be probably one of the ones that people are like, wow, where did this guy come from? So I think that's that's my prediction for Suicide Squad is Jay Hernandez is going to be a breakout star. And what about our Canadian Adam Beach? Now, <laughs> I'm so excited. We have a First Nations person, a Canadian person representing. He is Slipknot. Me and you have had this discussion. I hope that he gets to stick around and his lack of being in the trailers is more that he has a bigger role that we'll get to see. You have a different sort of thought. And I, I hate to think, you know, I'm kind of with you in prediction-wise that you might, you might be right on this one but you know i would like yeah. to see that character to be continued to represented so unfortunately i think he's going to be a plot device it's unfortunate because adam beach is canadian uh, he is first nations uh you know i loved him in um a whole bunch of his previous movies he was good in in uh, smoke signals if you haven't seen that i highly recommend <laughs> it um but uh, I think he's going to be a plot device uh, the whole concept to suicide squad is in order to keep the other than Katana and Rick Flagg, is they inject them with a, a explosive device, a remote explosive device. And so if they make a run for it while they're out on a mission, all the Viola Davis has to do is push a button and their head explodes. As gruesome as that sounds, I think that's going to happen to Adam Beach. 
And the reason why I think that is going to happen is they haven't focused too much on him in the media. He's in the trailers, he, um, and he, but there's not a lot. Like, I don't think there was a a little mini vignette about him either. I think they missed him on that. Nope, there was. Was there? Yeah, there, I watched but, it. But they didn't have any posters or anything, I don't think, for, for Adam Beach. He's been kind of low-key in terms of the promotions. And there's a scene where uh, in one of the trailers, actually it's in a couple of the trailers, where we see him, uh, he's uh, Slipknot is a character, and he, he's designed this very uh, tensile, super strong rope. And um, when he was uh, uh, double-crossed by his business partner, partner he became a supervillain and used this super strong rope as part of his gimmick. And we see in the movie trailer where he shoots the rope and then he uh, repels away from the group and you see looks of shock on the group's face. I think that's him trying to make a run for it. And I think we're going to see, unfortunately, I think we're going to see Adam Beach go Adam Boom. Ah. Yeah, and you know, I'm hoping because we also saw in the list of actors, you know, we saw, was it Scott Eastwood um, and a couple names that don't have assigned sort of characters. And I'm feeling like there might be some secrets that we're not seeing. So I'm really hoping Slipknot, that doesn't happen. I'm in agreement. Your logic is sound. Um, you know, having said that, from what I've remember reading boomerang is usually the one who wants to escape so um yeah you know i'm kind of you're right though i think they have to kaboom somebody they have to um just to get the point across that this is a serious woman and this is what's going to happen and let's face it they're bad guys in jail they're gonna want that need for freedom and they need to demonstrate the outcome of what happens when they break from the group, right? Like they have to have that moment where we see how cold um, uh, Viola Davis's character can be, Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to be able to see that she won't hesitate to push that button and blow up one of the members. And as much as I'd love Adam Beach to be in the movie, I love him as an actor. Unfortunately, I think he's going to be a plot device. All right. We'll see if that one comes true. Um, now I'm a little worried. Um, this is more about my worry. I'm not sure I have a prediction of this. I'm, I'm, my prediction wants to be that Batman won't overtake this show. We know Ben Affleck's going to be in it. We know the Batman's going to be in it. I don't know the full capacity. We know the Joker's going to be in it. You know, my hope is that this doesn't become a Batman Joker film, that this still stays focused on the squad. Um, you know, I know we've seen a clip where Batman's flying down at some point. You know, um, I'm worried about that. I, I'm concerned that they're going to take the focus off and use that kind of star power of those two characters to keep people interested. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's true. It's a fine line. You don't want to steal the sunshine away from the suicide squad you want to you know give them the front and center focus um but it does also drive home the fact their connection to batman and you know a lot of people have surmised that uh perhaps batman being the unified theme in the group Mm -hmm. you know with the joker and harley quinn and killer croc um you know that they all have been affected by batman in some way or form, but you're right. If they overdo the Batman card, then it's not a ba- it's not a Suicide Squad movie. It's a Batman movie. 
But I, I also feel like even though that's a worry, I also feel very confident that they won't. So my prediction is that they won't do that. And I hope I'm right on that because um, yeah. I'm excited about these characters. And I, I think they need room to develop and grow and move into other movies that are coming out um, in the future. I, I think it would be great to start seeing these crossovers. So, And I think I, my guess is that they're going to show Batman in a flashback uh, where we see the origin story of probably not the Joker, but we'll see the origin story of Harley Quinn. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm interested how they're going to handle that too. I don't want to say too much because I really like Harley. I get Harley's struggles. Um, I get where she started. So, you know, I'm kind of interested if what we see between her and the Joker are flashbacks or if they're current and how they're going to interplay that kind of relationship. Cause I believe for suicide squad, she's past that already, right? She's, she's done with the Joker. We know, she, you know, he has a kind of lure to her, but um, I, I hope it's, it's not too much about that. Well, it, in the comics, it is an incredibly abusive relationship. It was, uh, Harley Quinn was created by uh, Paul Dini and mm-hmm. uh, Bruce mm-hmm. Tim, I believe. Yeah. And uh, originally, Harley Quinn was uh, the Joker's psychiatrist uh, when he was in Arkham Asylum. And then his craziness, I guess, uh, unlocked her own persona her own uh, inhibitions, uh, but then it quickly became abusive. And in the comics, Joker actually didn't really like her very much. He actually treated her like absolute crap. It wasn't until she broke away from the Joker when he started to show some interest. And I think that might be where we're going to see uh, in Suicide Squad, which is why the Joker's probably going after Harley Quinn. Well, I think the Joker has some possessions too, right? Um, you know, he has some possessive issues over her. And I know there's points in another comic where she's put in a room with multiple outfits, you know, kind of giving the point that she wasn't the only one. So, you know, the way I looked at it was he manipulated her as Harleen Quinzel until the point she felt bad for him because I believe she was a student um, assessing him. And so, you know... And it was abusive. He he tried to kill her like multiple times, rocket ships and shooting, <laughs> putting yeah. her in a dungeon. Um, you know, so a lot of people when they read kind of New 52 Suicide Squad and that felt that her sexuality and all of these things that she was doing represented a woman who had broken away from that. Now, I'm not 100% sure um, how that psychology would work. So it, it can be an interesting thing to to put it on screen and make sure you deal with it in a sensitive manner because there are still people who think they should be together. I'm not one of those people. Um, I'd like to see Harley break away and, and stand on her own um, and get past all of that horrible abuse stuff. So I know she'll never be a goody goody. <laughs> um, she'll always be kind of like she says in the trailer, we're the bad guys. Uh, but you know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see that separation. And I'm not sure how the Joker will react to her in this one. Well, and that, that it's, it's a good question in terms of how she's going to be reflected in the movie. Cause they've already started talking about a Harley Quinn solo movie. Mm-hmm. Now, is that going to be a Harley Quinn solo movie where we'll get to see maybe Poison Ivy or or Catwoman or or the Huntress or is it going to be a Harley Quinn Joker movie right um I'd like to see a Harley Quinn movie just with Harley Quinn 
Um, but well, I guess it'll depend on how well received the Joker is. If people are like, wow, Jared Leto is the new Joker, then I imagine the solo movie for Harley Quinn is going to change pretty dramatically. Yeah, that that's a good prediction. So do you have any other predictions about the upcoming Suicide Squad? The other things, like I mentioned it before about what um, uh, Karen Fukuhara's Katana is, I hope that they give a lot of the background characters more stuff to play with. I think El Diablo is going to have a little few moments of light, shining light. I think they're going to give Katana some nods, but I hope they give her, I hope they represent her full backstory. Unfortunately, I think Killer Croc is going to be sort of a base character. I, I hope they take a couple of nods from Groot and they add some nice, wonderful scenes with Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope people are going to say, yeah, we would have been, we would have liked to see more Killer Croc because so far the, the footage I've seen, he's just been kind of been the beast, right? He's been playing up the whole animalistic behavior. Um, he's been prostering, um, but I haven't seen a whole lot of talking scenes other than him wanting um, uh, what drink he chose and, and that's it. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And B- Captain Boomerang, I think Captain Boomerang uh, is going to have plenty of talk. His biggest uh, attraction is is that he's sort of the, the wild card of the group, right? He doesn't really give a crap because he's Australian. Um, but uh, I think he's going to be fine. It's the it's the Killer Croc, the um, El Diablo and Katana that I really, really hope they give them moments to shine in the movie. I sort of feel like they will, you know, and it's funny you speak about Boomerang because they've done something with Boomerang that I don't know that Boomerang fans will be happy with um, by giving him actual weapons. Um, My understanding is in the comics and that he makes them using a form of energy. So, again, you know, knowing a little more about him and having him play a bigger role, I think that would be really good, Uh, you know, because... You get people who are really stuck on things being just exactly the way it is. So that's interesting. But I think from the trailers, they're really trying to give us this idea that they're a tight group. They work well together. There's a lot of the shots, all of them together, talking together. So it's a difficult task to make sure everyone gets enough time. But I I feel like they're going to do it. Now, hopefully, I don't have to bite my tongue on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the, the fact that how the, how they've been treating the the promotional materials, how they've been training the character representations, I think we're going to get what we want. It'll be a, of how much we get what we want, right? And there's a couple of un, unknowns in the movie too, as well. We uh, we were talking about it earlier. David Harbor is in it. Yeah, yeah, um, but doesn't have a title, so I don't know how big of a role. And the Scott Eastman again. Now, you looked into a little bit. He's got some reoccurring credits somewhere, so we think he's a character who will stick around. Yeah, Scott Eastman, who's uh, uh, is Clint, he the son? Eastwood. Clint Eastwood's son. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott Eastwood is he's playing a nameless, unnamed character in Suicide Squad. The rumor is that he's going to be playing Slade Wilson. Now, if that doesn't make you get all heebie-jeebie, uh, Slade Wilson is also known as Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the big bad in season two of Green Arrow. Um, he is the ultimate badass. He gives Batman a run for his money. Mm-hmm. And the rumor is is a pre-Deathstroke Slade Wilson. So we're going to see Deathstroke, uh, his origin story unfold, I'm guessing, over a couple of movies. 
Okay. So our predictions, we've got Scott Eastwood being slayed. Um, oh, Slipknot possibly being the first one to bite the bullet. Yeah. Um, I I predict that, that Batman is going to be there, but, you know, he'll be there just enough, fingers crossed. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I think we've got to see a little bit... Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of, I think they're going to throw in a little bit of a love something, but hopefully it won't be too in depth. But, you know, my feeling is, oh, and I know, here's my, my big prediction is Enchantress going to be part of the Suicide Squad or not? I, I believe that she's going to be the original target bad person and Amanda Waller will pinch her somehow. That's one of my predictions. I think you're bang on. I think there's uh, we saw a connection between her and Rick Flagg in the trailers um, prior to her becoming um, Enchantress. Um, so I'm guessing there's some kind of uh, romantic connection there. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I what uh, people have been saying is that they're going to be doing the um, Nightshade Legacy storyline, right? Um, which is a, a Suicide Squad storyline where uh, Enchantress, uh, it actually is a character named Nightshade, but I'm assuming they're swapping it with Enchantress, uh, where she actually gets uh, uh, possessed by a succubi. Mm -hmm. And then she has to find an incubus, which is the male version of a succubi, and in their coupling, if you will, without getting into the nitty-gritty details, (laughs) they uh, produce the Master of Demons uh, uh, Ashmodai, or I can't remember the name. Um, but yeah, that's or Dasmore. That's it, Dasmore. Um, so that's the what people are predicting is going to be the story. And there's been a couple of uh, key bits of evidence in the trailers and whatnot. Okay. So if you're interested to kind of do some reading before that, uh, pick up the Nightshade Odyssey, Part One and Two of the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and, and it'll it'll maybe potentially give you some backstory and and uh, terms of what they're going for for the the uh, suicide squad movie all right so i hope genuinely hope that you guys go out and see it and you provide your feedback to us we will definitely do another podcast once we've seen it um see whether it meets our expectations see where our predictions went but you know um i know a lot of people are excited and a lot of people are skeptical i'm saying go give it a push see what it's about um and i don't do that often but i i really do i think this is one of those ones take a chance um and and i i think you're gonna like it that's that's my thought i think this is gonna be big i agree so the next thing because we don't have a geek off question yet um we're just going to fill you in about what we think is our geek moment of the week. Did you like oh, that? I like that. we got to have some background music when that yeah, happens. Yeah. You try. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Geek moment of the week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, which can vary. So, I don't know. You want to start, Hunter, or should I? Sure. Um, mine geek moment of the week, other than obviously Comic-Con International, San Diego Comic-Con, um, tons of stuff released there, mm-hmm. but I'm going to bring it home a little bit. Um, my geek moment of the week is I was drooling over Green Arrow, the DC Universe Rebirth, uh, issue number three, um, which is just phenomenal. I was just drooling over the art and the story. Stories by Benjamin Percy. Art and color is by Juan 
Ferreria. I apologize if I'm butchering your name, um, but man, it has been a long time since I've read a comic that cool looking. Uh, and I love Green Arrow. Green Arrow has always been my favorite. Uh, when Kevin Smith did the run and then Brad Metz Metzer did the run, um, Green Arrow has been my favorite of all time. So this just kind of brings me right back to when I first read Quiver. Wow, you just like hit the geek jackpot with those names. <laughs> that was just like, wow, <laughs> those are huge names attached to the Green Arrow title. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I haven't read it yet, but again, this is part of DC's new rebirth. And I know you're a huge Green Arrow fan, so I love hearing that you're excited about this because um, I'm excited about a lot of the rebirths coming out too. I haven't read three yet, um, so I don't know how much you want to spoil, but Tell us about what what exactly is it that's making you love it. Well, if you've never read the Green Arrow comics before, um, uh, and, and, but if you've re- watched maybe the TV series with with uh, Stephen Amell, which has been great, um, he it, it they brought him back to Seattle. It's no longer Star City. Um, they bring in Shadow, which is uh, a former love of his. Uh, they bring. I won't give you any spoilers to bring in another character related to him and Shadow. Um, and it's just great. And they kind of did the storyline that uh, occurred back when Brad Metzer did it, where he actually lost all of his money. He got ousted from his company, Queen Industries, and he's been kind of digging his way back into the forefront. So it's kind of cool to see this rich Bruce Wayne-like character, because I know there's the obvious comparisons between Green Arrow and Batman. Um, so it's kind of cool to see him, uh, crawl back in there. And the, the, the key difference that I love about Green Arrow, uh, versus Bruce Wayne is Green Arrow is what you would call a social justice warrior. Uh, he is definitely, uh, pro people, uh, pro, uh, uh, social justice. Uh, so it's always been really cool to see him, uh, kind of take this limelight with this, with the new series. Now, how do you feel people like fans of the TV would translate into that comic. It has the flavor of the comic. Diggle is actually in the comic. Nice. Uh, and it actually looks like Diggle from the TV show. And they've kind of had, the, it's like a secondary storyline going on, um, which has been really cool. I'm really excited to see how the two storylines are going to converge. It hasn't happened yet in issue three, um, but it, it's, I'm excited. It should be really good. There you go. So you want to look for DC Rebirth Green Arrow and start at number one if you can. Um, really, try out some of these DC titles. I'm I'm even surprised by the content coming out. So good choice. Um, and I'll read that as soon as you're done with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my geek moment of the week, and let me tell you, I can't just pick one because I feel like we have been blessed by the geek gods, the nerdists, heaven, whatever you want to call it. There's just been so much out there to read, to watch, uh, to see, to do. Um, but I'm going to pick, and I might not talk about it a lot, but my geek thing this week has got to be Robert Kirkman's Outcast. Mm, now, yeah. I fell upon it because I was kind of unsure what I wanted to watch. And um, I'd heard about it through, I believe, the guy at the comic store. But anyway, so Outcast um, is just, it's creepy. It's got some good horror elements to it. It's got some good mystery elements to it. It has Brent Spiner um, and just a marvelous cast but 
you know, it's about a man who is able to expel demons from the bodies of people. Now, I haven't read the comic, but what I understand is the TV show is following it pretty true to nature. Um, but I'm really excited. I feel like it's fresh. It's new. Um, and if you're thinking Robert Kirkman, Walking Dead or whatever, uh, two very, very different shows, um, both well executed, but I, I'm really enjoying Outcast. It's um it's got a nice pace to it. Again, the acting's phenomenal. Um and I'm not sure where they're gonna go with it, which is kinda nice. I, I don't feel like I can prethink the next step. So I'm very, very excited and you should tune it in if you can handle a little bit of a demon spewing. <laughs> well, I think they, the the funny thing with this with Outcast is it's a fairly new series too as well. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that I, I don't like, I think they just finished the first vault just recently. Um, I, I, correct me, I, I could be wrong, um, but it's fairly new. And so basically, they they signed Robert Kirkman TV deal. Uh, as soon as he was started publishing the book, right? Yeah. Whereas Walking Dead has been out for years, right? And people, yep. they had a fan base and everything. So this was brand new both to the comic geeks as well as the TV geeks and everything. And I don't know if it was just me, but I don't feel like it was well publicized. Like I, I think I fell upon it by chance. Normally you hear about things airing or it's on like the screen rants or the coming scenes. And I don't remember hearing a lot about this before it aired. By the time I found it, they were already at episode five and this is, this goes week by week. So there's no binge watching people. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, actually have to wait it out, which has been tough. So I remember when we went to the Emerald city comic con this year, uh, when we were at the dark horse booth, uh, they were promoting it there because I remember while we were talking with Ed Brubaker. Oh, did I just name drop? Um, that, Who uh, Ed Brubaker? <laughs> they had they had Outcast on the uh, the big banners uh, behind. So obviously they were pushing it quite a bit then. Uh, I don't think did we know it was a TV series uh, by then? I I don't know, and I don't even remember those posters. You know, there was just so much to do, um, which is a whole other discussion. So. <laughs> Um, but I'm happy I found it and I encourage you to look for it. And, you know, Brent Spiner doesn't get enough credit. The man can act. Um, he is genuinely creepy in this show. And, um, you know, I, for him alone, if you're a fan, watch it, but there's other things that will, will draw you in. It's good story writing. It's got a nice dark feel to it. Um, Yeah. Sorry, Brent Spiner will forever be Data for me. But he's not Data in this show. I know. Maybe he's like, he's Lore, which is Data's <laughs> evil twin. <laughs> so now you can write that show, right? You can do like the Lore outcast. No, trust me, he is it, the man in the black hat and he plays it perfectly. Um, you know... Yeah, I can't even do it without giving giveaways. But what he did in one of the last episodes, I was like, no, don't do it. But he, I, they're hinting he's the devil. I don't know for sure yet. We're not sure what the plot of the demons are. So um, anyway, I, I guess that's it. Um, that's what we're geeking out about this week. Check them out. Arrow, Rebirth, and uh, Outcast. And we hope you enjoyed this. We look forward to your comments, questions. Um, look for our geek off prompt on our Twitter page 
at Geek Off Podcast um, and throw your own questions up for us so we can see which one of us is the biggest geek. And we'll be posting a topic uh, for the next show um, so that uh, you can center your questions around that topic because uh, that way we'll, we'll have some control in terms of uh, the overall the um, the choice of discussion. Right. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was good chatting with you. Um, please share uh, if you feel you enjoyed this. Um, and we'll get it hooked up and linked onto iTunes as soon as possible. Um, until next time. Happy geeking, everyone. See you later.